Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Conversations of the Way. My name is Carlos, and today and in this episode, we're going to kick off um, a series of episodes, and they're going to revolve around um, the women who are in the lineage of Jesus. As you read um, Matthew chapter 1, you see that um, there his, there's his um, genealogy, his lineage. And traditionally, um, it is the men that are included in people's genealogy back in those times. But in this genealogy, you all you actually see that five there's five women there four are named one is not and we're gonna go quiet as that but um, we're gonna go through that lineage um, on on the female side and what I would call the matriarchs of the faith I'm not sure if that's the proper way of saying it or uh, of or the way of understanding it but that's what I'm gonna go with now but in order to understand um, some of uh, some of this, some of the reasons why these women are in the lineage, um, I had to go and do a little bit more research of the background of these women. So it's going to be a total, I believe, about seven episodes altogether. Um, the goal is to have one out for you, um, one every week. And we're just going to go through uh, through his lineage on on the women's side of it. But today we're going to start with who were the Moabites. And there's a reason why uh, we're starting there. And we're going to work through it um, in the next few episodes. So I'm sure we all have heard of the Moabites um, in some way or another. But I'm not going to go too deep into who were the, Mo the Moabites. There's so much that we can discuss if we look into them with the eyes of maybe an anthropologist. But I do believe I do believe this can bring a significant value and can bring depth to the understanding of the scriptures. But I don't have enough knowledge to go in that deep yet. So we're just going to stick to what the scriptures tell us about them at a superficial level. I'm going to give you enough scriptural background so when you hear them mentioned anywhere in the Bible, you will know who they are, and that will hopefully enrich the significance of the story and context. I'm going to go as back as I can remember where it all started for the Moabites, but I'm not going to go through the details. So if you have not heard the stories, I'm going to mention some verses as references, and I welcome you to go back and read them. Okay, let us start with chapter 12 of Genesis and God calling Abram out of the land of Ur. As he is called out, he takes his family with him to include his nephew Lot. They settle around the land of Canaan, which is the land that God promised him. Then there's a famine, and Abraham and Abram goes to Egypt to flee from the famine. A few interesting things happen there, and God brings Abram and Lot out of Egypt with wealth. Because of this, Abram and Lot could not live in the same spot. Abram, to avoid strife with Lot, told him to pick which land he wanted to live in, and that he would go to the opposite land. Now, it does appear that Abram is giving him a choice, and he is to an extent. 
As we see earlier, God had already told Abraham that the land of Canaan was going to be given to him and his descendants. It seems to me that Abraham had so much faith in God that he knew Lot will not pick Canaan. Or maybe he was testing God's promise. Not sure. I'm going to have to think about that one. But if I had to pick right now, I would say it was faith. Lot, his nephew, took advantage of the choice. And according to his physical eyes, he chose what he felt was the best piece of land as described in chapter 12, verse 10. But if he would have been seen with his spiritual eyes, he would have not chosen this land because as verse 13 states, the men of, of Sodom of Sodom were wicked, great sinners against God. End quote. In chapter 14, we see that there was some beef in the land of, of Sodom and Lot gets caught up in the middle of it. Abram then goes to battle to save his nephew successfully and this will not be the last time he will get Lot out of trouble. Between chapters 14 and 18, some very interesting things happen, but that is for another conversation. Let us jump to around the middle of chapter 18. So in verse 22, God has made the call to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. But the man, formerly known as Abram, and now Abraham, was pleading and negotiating with God not to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because he knew his nephew Lot and his family lived there. Well, I think you may know the rest of the story. God ends up destroying the cities, but Lot, his wife, and two daughters were saved by his grace. Lot's wife was disobedient and was turned into a pillar of salt, so Lot ended up living in a cave with his two daughters. It keeps getting worse as Lot's daughters are worried that they will not be able to have children and trick Lot by getting him drunk to get them pregnant. Of course, a big no-no, even in today's standards. The oldest bore a son, a son named Moab, and this is the father of the Moabites. He was born out of sin. And the Moabites go and have strife with the Israelites, regardless that they are cut from the same cloth. Even after many generations, God tells the Israelites not to deal with the Moabites. When God took the Israelites out of Egypt, he tells them through Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 2 verse 9 not to deal with them. In chapter 23 verse 3, God tells the Israelites that the union between them and a the Moabite is forbidden up to the 10th generation because the Moabites did not receive them properly as they were coming out of Egypt. This may seem rough, but God was making sure that his people did not fall into the sins of other nations. But our Heavenly Father is merciful, and he will show his grace through a virtuous Moabite woman. But that is a conversation for another day, for next week. Until then, take care, my brothers and sisters.